The Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and energy of Divine Spirit. Good morning, everybody. So good to see you on this holiday weekend. We're so glad that you took, you took the time to join us today and join me. So thank you so much for being here. It's always fun and uplifting when I get a chance to chat with you guys. So today we're going to talk about a number of things, but it's all relating to peace. That's our topic for today. And I thought about what to do as our topic, and I thought about all the things that we all think about today and that run through our minds, and I think foremost that runs through everybody's mind is getting to that peaceful place. We see so much unrest in our world and in our communities and sometimes even in our homes that we crave that peace, that stillness, that time. And so today we're going to talk about that. I tend to be one, and maybe it's the teacher in me, that not just wants to talk about it, but I want to try to give you some practices to use to get you to that place of peace. And when I talk, I try to give you practices, if it's um, prosperity or whatever it might be. Because I always came, I came to truth with the seeking mode. I think we all do for a lot of us. And I wanted to know not just what to do, but how to do it and how to get there. And so when I became a minister, my biggest goal in being a minister was that I wanted to help other people get to that, those places. Not that I know everything, but whatever I know, I'm going to part because I think we're all on the journey of trying to get to peace or trying to get to prosperity or forgiveness or whatever it is that may be an issue for you at the time or just a part of on your journey. We all have all those things. That's always how I try to look at things. So today, I'm, we're going to talk about peace, and we know that peace is of God. It, that's one of the attributes that God has, and because you are part of source, you are source. You also have all those same attributes that spirit has. And so one of our creative thoughts that I read, it was a while back, says, I'm an instrument through which the infinite does its good and perfect work. So you're an instrument through which source does its good and perfect work. We're each avenues of God's expression, right? We're each individualized expressions of the divine. We are tools of the divine. And we look at an instrument as a tool. So I choose happiness and peace when I allow myself to be that instrument in everything that I think and everything that I do. So that leads me to the title of today's talk, which is Make Me an Instrument of Your Peace. And my inspiration for this talk came from the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, which I'm sure you've all heard, no matter what religion you may have come from or go to, this is a universal prayer. So I'm going to read it to you because it'll make a lot of sense to you. And you've heard it before, I am almost positive. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, harmony. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. 
where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be, not to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. This dynamic prayer known to so many, no matter what your religion and your faith is, is to be an inspiration for today. So you heard earlier um, a refrain from that Gwen played from Dr. Ricky Byers Beckwith, who's at Agape Center, Spiritual Living Center out in Los Angeles. And she's a prolific musician, a writer, and a um, New Thought teacher and a healer, because I think her music heals. I really believe that music is... I'm sure Gwen would agree, I'm sure you would agree, I'm sure you would agree, all you musicians in here, that music is healing. And so when she writes her song, Use Me, it's sung, and it's interesting that she chose to do that at that point too, because it's what we're going to do in a moment. It's sung at so many different unity centers and spiritual living centers because we truly understand in New Thought that we need to be open and willing in order to be that, get to that place of peace. Right? We need to be open for spirit to be able to, to speak to us, for us to be able to listen, for us to be able to hear, and for us to be able to move from there. So her lyrics talk about, use me, O oh God, and when I may not hear all of them, I'm here for you, and here I reside as you show me all that I must do. And in fact, there's a refrain at one point where it just says, show me, show me, because that's what we're all trying to find out. We're trying to figure out how to get what we need to be able to live a successful life, be on this journey at a fabulous place along the way and not just at the destination because the journey is the destination. So she asks that, that spirit instruct her so that she can be used so that she can have a productive, useful, and wonderful life. So let's listen to her now. Yeah, and please feel free to join me because as Reverend Marsha pointed out, it lifts all of our vibration up when we sing together. And we just, we did it as a chance, so join me anytime you feel like it. Use me, oh God, I stand for you. And here I'll abide as you show me all that I must do. One more time. Use me. Oh, God, I stand for you, and here I'll abide as you show me all that I must do. So that brings us back to when you're asking to be shown, that means you're willing, and willingness is, one of the, is the first step to getting to peace. So you must be willing to be an instrument of peace. In every situation, listen within, because as within, then without, it all starts in here, to what you must do. What you choose must ultimately lead to peace. Now, it doesn't have to, but if you want to be an instrument of peace and you want to get to that peace, what you choose, your thoughts, your actions, you want those to lead to peace. You want what you choose to be, a, to be something that's going to uplift you, but also uplift others. You want it to be a win-win situation. So as Gandhi said, which has become such a phrase that we hear all the time, you must be the change that you want to see. And so you do have to do that. So if you want to see change in the world, and we all see that around us every day, you have to first be a part of that change. 
and each of us can be a part of that change. It starts with each of us working on ourselves because that's the only person that you can change. That's the only person you have responsibility for and that's the only person that you have dominion over that you can change. Never mind the fish and the birds. You can only change yourself. You can't even change the fish and the birds. <laughs> even though the Bible says that you have dominion over the fish and the birds, I've never heard a fish tell, say to me he's going to get on the line. So I somehow, that one doesn't resonate with me. But anyway, <laughs> so it may not always be easy, and it may not feel familiar to you from when you hear and you ask for whatever you're asking for. But remember in um, what... Esther and Jerry Hicks always said, it's asking it is given. Knock and the door is open. Seek and you shall find. So if you continue to ask or ask and you listen, because a lot of it isn't that we have to continue to ask. A lot of it is that we're not hearing when we get our answers. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to hear when you have your answer as well today. So you want that peaceful feeling to come over you. I remember when I was in ministerial school, I had a teacher, and, and at first I didn't quite get it, which lets you know that I was a, a younger person trying to figure all this out, younger meaning in consciousness. I wasn't a young in years. But I was trying to um, figure out what he meant, because he would always tell us, do what brings you peace, do what gives you peace. And I would say, well, how do I know what's going to bring me peace? Well, it took me a, a little while, not too long, I'm not that dense. And what it did, what did occur to me, and it's different for everybody. Everybody has their own way to get to peace. I'm going to give you a couple of examples that work for me. But what really is the confirmation for me is if when I've done all that I can do, I can rest and my monkey mind stops chattering. That for me lets me know that I'm at peace and it lets me know that I've done all that I can do and I can rest. Now part of that doing all that I can do is going the extra mile right? Faith without works is dead. Part of what I do is to be able to, to first, I used to do it later, but now I do it first, so I've been doing it first for a while, is connect with spirit through meditation and find out, ask the question and find out what it is that I need to do. What should I be doing? Am I on the right, am I doing the right thing? Is there something that I need to change? Once I hear from spirit, then, I, then the hard part is to be obedient. I used to hear years ago about being obedient, and that word obedient used to irk mm, me because it really reminded me about you had to be obedient, you know, to a parental figure or it probably was part of the whole God will punish you type thing about being obedient was probably what my consternation was. But I finally realized that it wasn't about that kind of obedience or how I was looking at it, but it was about following through. If you follow through on what you hear as well as asking, you will usually, I won't say usually, I always have that sense of peace because I've listened, I've followed through, and then I've done whatever I could do that might be extra. Then I get that sense of peace. So number two, besides being willing to be an instrument of peace, and that makes you willing because that means you're open, you're obedient, you're following through, is being peaceful is the result of retraining your mind to accept life as it is and not as you want it to be. Right, that's a big one, that's a big one for all of us, is accepting life as it is and not as we want it to be. And that's what the quote is about from Wayne Dyer. It says, peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is rather than as you would like it to be. And that is the hardest part because we always want it to end the way we think it should end. 
We want it to be the way we want it to be. And we don't always realize that when it's not that way, it leads to other wonderful things. It opens other doors. And even though it might not look good at that moment, always works out for the best. As that scripture that says all things work together for good, and they do. So this sounds too simple to be true. The secret to being an instrument of God's peace doesn't mean you have to be apathetic. It doesn't mean that you have to be complacent, that you have to just accept everything that comes your way, that you can't try to make a difference. But what it means is that it's here. This is the way it is. And so rather than trying to make believe it's not this way and doing something different, accept it for what it is and look for the solution if you find that it's a challenge rather than fighting against that challenge because that doesn't work. It's here for here, right? It's whatever it is. So this sounds crazy with all that's going on in the world, but remember, all that's going on in the world is going on around you. It's not going on in you. So what you have to remember is that you can work with everything that's going on in you so that what you are able to reflect out will be the experience that you want to come back to you, right? So remember that your spirit having a human experience. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. That phrase for me is so critical for me to remember. When I look at some of the political things, when I look at other things going on, I have to remember I may live in this world, like I may live in this house, but I'm not of, but I'm not of this house. I'm of God, of spirit. And I came from spirit. When I leave this body, I will go back to spirit. And so once I remember that and keep bringing that to myself, then I have a center to be able to continue to do what I need to do. So I also remember that everything comes to pass, nothing comes to stay. So even though it may seem like, oh my gosh, I've been going through this for two years, after a while it does pass because you're going through it. And as we said, when you're going through hell, keep going. You don't want to stop here. You want to keep going, get through, so you can get to the solution, to the, to the rainbow at the end. You don't want to stop in the middle. So never give up never give up. You may be able to, may have to change, but know that whatever you're affirming for and looking for, if it's of God and it's going to benefit other people as well as yourself, stay on that course. So when you don't react negatively or internalize a situation, it makes it easier for you to work through it. Don Miguel Ruiz, who you've all heard of, who wrote the book The Four Agreements and several others, says don't take anything personally. Well, this was a real big awakening for so many of us because we were always taking things personally. I know that I was, and probably you may have been too. So nothing anyone does is because of you. That's why we shouldn't take it personally. You can't control what someone else does. They do things based on their motivations, their lives, whatever's happened to them. And so even if it, you may feel that it's affected you or caused you grief, it's not because of you. So the, one of the things that we want to learn is to try to remain unaffected. And I say try to remain unaffected because sometimes you will and sometimes you won't. But then you'll bring yourself back to center so that you'll remember that. And so these things that I'm telling you aren't because you're going to be perfect. It's because these are your tools to use to help you along the way. So you have to practice this and remind yourself of it, but it can be done. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about remaining unaffected. Many of you have read The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, right? Came out, what, 10, 15 years ago? Quite a, not, it's not a new book. But one of the stories in there, which you may have heard, so bear with me, I'm going to tell it to you quickly. If you've heard it, you can, you can just smile because you know the ending. So in The New Earth, he talks about um, a Japanese monk who was living in the mountains. 
And in the village, he was quite revered because he was a spiritual man, he was a holy man. And people came to him for advice. They looked up to him as a mentor. And because of that, and he always gave them good advice, and the things that he said were very spiritual and helped them, and he was a teacher. And so they loved him, and he was revered. And they would bring him gifts of cloth, so he had beautiful clothes. They would bring him food, and he was just really kept well because he was special to the village, and he was a very enlightened spirit. Well, one day he heard that a young girl in the village had become pregnant, and he didn't think anything of it. But then a few days later, the parents of the girl came to see him and were very angry. And they said, our daughter has said that you're the father of the baby that she's going to have. And he was very surprised, but all he said was, is it so? And so they came back later, and they said, here, here's the baby, when the baby was born. This is yours. You did this. You take care of it. And so they shoved the baby at him, and he took the baby, and all he said was, is it so? And a year went by, and he loved the baby, and he took care of the baby, and the baby grew, and they began to really mesh, mesh together as and have a good relationship. But also at the same time, people had stopped coming to see him. And he wasn't revered anymore. And his good name wasn't his good name anymore. And so it wasn't, it, even though he loved and had no problem taking care of the baby, it wasn't easy because he did not have the gifts and the things that he once was being given and the crops and all of that. But they made it and they subsisted and it was good. And so after that year went by, the parents came back to him and they said, our daughter has told us and confessed that you're not the father. She said, the father is the butcher's son, but she was afraid to say so because she thought that we would harm him. And so they're going to get married, and we want the baby back. And so the monk was very surprised, and he had tears in his eyes. And the baby cried when they took the baby from him and gave it back to the grandparents. The baby didn't know them. And he cried too, but he never said a word. All he said was, is it so? And so that story is told to let you know to try to remain, I say try because that's a, that's a deep one, to remain unaffected. Now, I don't know if I could have reacted as the monk did with such wonderful grace, but I do know that when something is what it is, you can't do anything about it, whether it's the negative, as they had said these things that weren't true, and he didn't fight against them. He just said, is it so? And when it, the truth came out, he said, well, is that so again? And then when he had the baby, is it so? When he gave it back, is it so? So he didn't make any what's the word, judgment on the situation. He just saw it as it was, is it so? Because so it was, and he did what he needed to do to remain at peace. So he had to accept and embrace what was. The situation wasn't going to change, and he had to learn to flow with the situation at hand like we have to learn with the flow with the situations that are handed to us, and to keep your peace even when you feel it's an unfair series of events, which all of us feel that from time to time in our lives. So the next point is, it's really important to honor your greatest teachers. And by that, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something that Wayne Dyer brought up for me that I had never heard this phrase until I read this book that he had written many years ago called There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. I don't even know if it's still in print. It's an older book. But one of the things that he talked about was the fact that all of us in our lives have what he calls master teachers. So now I've called them master teachers, too. We all have great teachers in our lives, right? But when he says master teachers, he's not referring to your favorite teacher that taught you so much or the one who was able to get through the theorems and geometry so you could pass for you. 
He's talking about those people who are in your life that don't always seem like they're your greatest teachers because in some sense you may even look at them as an adversary. They're the people that when you're around them they tend to know how to push your buttons and you give in and you take the bait. They're the people who a lot of times will you're around them and, and they keep doing things that make you want to scream but you have to try to keep your mouth shut. These are the people who are in your life who you can't easily move from your life. They may be a relative. They're not going anywhere. They may be your next door neighbor. They're not thinking of moving. They may be your boss. He's certainly or she's certainly not thinking of leaving the job. So these are people that you have to learn to work with. You have to learn to be around. We know that when you go to Thanksgiving dinner and uncle so-and-so has had too many drinks and we go, you go through stuff. So we all know that there are master teachers in our lives. And so one of the things that he talks about is that master teachers are here to show us that peace is totally an inside job. That what these master teachers are showing us is that we need to do to get to peace, what we still need to do. Because as they show up and our buttons get pushed, whether it's through traffic or whatever it might be, we are learning how to be at peace because we have to radiate outwardly what we're trying to be and what we know we are at our core, which is peace. That's what we are. And so the master teachers come to show us what we still need to do to move ourselves from that place of possible angst to a peaceful place. And so Wayne Dyer says, someday I'll be able to be at peace even when my master teachers are doing their best work. <laughs> and that made me laugh. And so that's why I needed to read that quote to you because we all have master teachers in our lives. We all will continue to have master teachers in our lives because that gets our attention. It surely does. And then when you get tired of always being disrupted or being, I won't say annoyed, get tired of being un, in unrest, then you realize how not to let the bait that they're, the, the worm on the hook get to you, how you not, don't have to get, get hooked. So he says, this is Dyer, being in a state of enlightenment is a state of being immersed in and surrounded by peace. Anyone who you have given authority to, to remove, remove you from that position of peace is a reminder to you of just what you must do in order to become peaceful. And of course, in Miracles always says, which I try to remind myself, particularly in traffic, I can choose peace rather than this, <laughs> right? And we've heard that probably a number of times. And that kind of helps me when I'm grumbling and mumbling about the car in front of me or the one that cut in front of me, well, whatever it might be. So then number four, you must follow direction you get from spirit within. And I talked about this a moment ago, seek and you'll find. When you know within you what you must do, go with it, flow with it, go do it. As long as your idea is to benefit and not to harm, you know that's what you're supposed to do. Now, when you get an idea and you're not sure if this idea is your ego, because our ego is strong, or if this is an idea that comes from source, ask for confirmation. Ask for confirmation. Sometimes you can, you know, if, if you're not the best meditator before you go to sleep at night, you can ask a yes or no question. In the morning, usually, you'll hear a yes or no to that very clearly so that you'll know. But another way, there's so many ways you get confirmation. You can get confirmation through the radio, through the television, through billboards, through other people speaking. And that can sound all crazy, but let me give you two little examples. Years ago when I was living in New York, there was a situation that I was in, and I was trying to make a decision about a relationship, whether I wanted to embark on a particular relationship or not. 
And so I remember thinking about this hard, but I got on the bus because you don't always drive in New York. You can't get around as well. I got on the bus, and on the bus I heard a little voice, a little child, and he was speaking to his mother. But, you know, it sounded very loud, which is kind of how I knew it was confirmation. I don't know if it really was loud, but it was loud to me. And I was trying to figure out what I should do. And I heard him say, well, Mommy, how do you know if you, if you like it if you never tried it? And you know that's what his mother probably always said to him. And so, but that was my confirmation because that let me know, okay, you should go forward with this because it was loud. Now, I'm sure it wasn't loud to everybody else, but it was loud to me. Another confirmation was I have a friend who's also a minister, and he was getting ready to, he was thinking about taking a job, and he didn't know if he should take this particular position or go for it, but it had something to do with the position and, and being a part of this, this um, interview process. And so he said he was driving down the street, and he saw a billboard, and the billboard said, your next chapter is waiting for you. And actually, it was a billboard for a dating service because it was when dating sites had just become popular a while back. But he saw that, and when it said, the next chapter is waiting for you, turn the page, he said, oh, okay, I'm going to apply. And so a lot of times you get your confirmation in very different ways, but it's for you. So when you get it, you know it's for you. You recognize it, and that kind of sounds kind of crazy until you start looking for those things, and you'll see it. So the other thing is, besides being willing, you have to choose peace. You can be an open and willing vessel and you can say, you know, let me know, so and so and so and so. But if you don't choose to be peaceful, you won't be. So unfortunately, most, many of us come to peace through pain, right? That's what kind of makes us move towards peace. And so you have to learn to respond differently and choose peace. Because much of our pain is self-chosen. Now that sounds crazy, doesn't it? So we may feel victimized by our lives, by politics, news, traffic, all the various things that bother us. Some of our times are jobs, sometimes are children, sometimes are relationships. But it's not about that. It's about your response to that. So when the world feels chaotic, it's easy to respond with anxiety. But what we're learning to do is to respond with peace. So letting go, you turn inward. And in the meantime, you have hope. Hope is a big deal when it comes to peace, right? Because you want to get to that peace. So you want to, your hope creates a space for solutions to appear and then for peace to return to you. So you have to do the work because you choose peace. And the work is inner work. And then you choose peace. Khalil Gibran says, pain is a bitter potion by which the physician within you heals your sick self. Pain is a bitter potion with, with the physician within you heals your sick self. Besides praying for the pain to go away, pray to learn as much as you can from the challenge. I always say, what has this come to teach me? Because it's not just there to be there. It's there because there's something that you should be learning from it, something that you want to do to get back to that point, place of peace. And so always ask, and you'll hear too, what has this come to teach me? So you're choosing peace, and you're not choosing to hold up the victim banner. You're saying, I know this is something that I can work on and, and make, make different, but I need to choose to not be a victim and not decide, oh, poor me. Stuff always happens to me. This is my life. You know? So don't choose that way, because you'll continue to have things that make you feel like a victim. So continue to choose peace and continue to bless whatever's there. Now, this is hard, right? 
You know how they always talk about bless your, your enemies and keep your enemies closer than your friends and all of that. But you really have to understand that when a challenge comes on your path, it's come to bless you. It's not come to harm you. And so you really have to see it that way. And sometimes you can only see the blessing in hindsight, right? Sometimes you can see the blessing a year later or three months later or a week later or sometimes the next day later. But you can usually see the blessing. Another, I'm good with stories. So in January, my email got hacked. It was no fun. And I was really at first a little teed off because it was like January 2nd. I didn't have a chance to start the year. I'm like, come on, spirit. <laughs> and so then what I began to realize was, and it didn't take long. I mean, I'm, I'm not super dense, but it didn't take long because I started getting phone calls from people. I started getting text messages from people. And what I realized within a couple of hours was this was spirit's way of showing me how much I was being loved and mm -hmm. not, not, the hacking, which of course was no fun, and thank God nobody fell for it. I needed to change my email address, I did that, that's a pain in the butt, but it was done. But what I got from it, and I said, well, what am I supposed to get from this? Well, I got calls from people saying, do you need anything? I got people calling me or write, texting me and saying, did you just send me a text? And I said, no. Well, well send me an email, I said no, and they told me what was happening. Because I couldn't see any of this. When it's hacked, you have no control over it. And so, I had at least, I'd say 20, 25 calls, messages from people within the next few days, because you know all of us don't see our email every day, <laughs> saying, you know, we, we, whenever you need, we're here. And so what it showed me was how loved I was. And what I said to everybody was, I'm blessed because I don't need anything. But what I've learned from all of you is the love that I have, and I thank you very much. And so you never know why things come to you, but they come for a reason. And I prayed and I asked for affirmation about what I thought, and that's what I heard too. So, so Course in Miracles says, all pain comes from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it should be found. Kind of like Pain said it, but in different words, right? So here's the number six that we all grapple with from time to time. You're not separate from God, and I think all of us in here, we've gotten that part. You're not separate from God. God and peace are synonymous. When you choose the way of spirit, you're choosing peace. Spirit is, is nothing but compassion and peace and love and joy and understanding and forgiveness and light and acceptance. And so when you choose peace, you're choosing those things. And so when you're choosing those things, you are embodying those things because all those attributes that are in your soul are also in you. So you are to find your way to peace. We're going in and out, but as long as you can hear me, we're good. So you're not separate from God or else you wouldn't have those same qualities that source has. And so you wanna to continue to think that way so that you can think more like God. I remember a book years ago, which was, becoming, which was called Becoming Like God. And that's basically what they were talking about, making sure that you do those things or telling you that those things were important to you being able to have the life and have your journey be the journey that you want. So being an instrument of peace allows you to look for spiritual solutions and not look at them as problems or challenges. So Ernest Holmes says, the spirit within me, which is God, is perfection, it's wholeness, it's peace, it's perfect peace, it's divine guidance. And right now, this moment, this spirit governs every act of my life. It surrounds me with light, and this light dispels all darkness and casts out all fear. And that's in Science of Mind, page 564. So, 
Now, this is the big one. This is one that we all grapple with, and it's forgiveness as a key to peace. Forgiveness is key to peace of mind and being that instrument of peace. We all have people that we need to forgive, and we all have, have others that need to forgive us. And so we're always, it's always two ways, right? And so being unforgiving, as you've probably heard this before, it's like taking poison and wishing the other person would die. It only hurts you. Because it doesn't work that way. A lot of times you're holding on to something and that person doesn't even remember it anymore. And you know that becomes like the, the monkey mind thought that reverberates in your mind almost every few minutes or every few days and you come back to that situation. But that other person usually doesn't feel the same way you feel. Sometimes I don't even know that this is a problem that you're having about it. And so forgiveness also is a process, just like grief is a process. So sometimes you can't get directly to forgiveness with the situation or an individual or whatever has happened, but go to compassion. Compassion is a gateway to peace because you can have compassion for whomever or whatever that situation is. Because know this, a lot of people know that People are hurt people, they're hurting. And as you've heard before, hurt people hurt other people. And so you have to have the compassion for that and you can get to that place of compassion. And then slowly you can move yourself to the place of forgiveness. And it may take some time, but know that people, most people do the best they can in the situations that they're in, they really do. And so the only person that you're keeping hostage in this situation of unforgiveness is yourself. And so Ayala Van Sant has a wonderful quote to that point, and she says, forgiveness is the only hostage negotiator clever enough or savvy enough to free us all. Hmm, forgiveness is the only hostage negotiator clever or savvy enough to free us all. And so she also has a wonderful prayer on forgiveness. And if you're interested, I have it here, and we can make copies afterwards. But it is wonderful. I don't want to take the time to read it because I know we're going a little long, and I wanted us to move forward. But it helps you shift your thinking. It helps you shift that cell memory. So now the last key is meditation. And we've heard over and over and over and over again how important it is to meditate. And some of us are really good, and we do it religiously. Some of us do it when we are not, when we're at peace. And some of us do it when we're not busy. But it needs to be done all the time because I think sometimes during your busiest times and during your most non-peaceful times are the times that you need it the most. But those are also the times when sometimes it's the hardest to sit. So whether you use music to do, when you're doing it or whether you use a candle or whether you say, use a mantra or you um, listen to your breathing or you just sit in the silence, whatever you do, do it. It just works. Now, when you're doing your meditation, of course, you're going to hear your mind from time to time. And sometimes you can hear your mind a lot, but just let it go. Let it do what it's doing. Let it flow, and you flow with it and continue to sit. Believe me, you're still getting benefit when that happens. There, there aren't a lot of people who, over the first few years of meditating, that their mind is totally blank and quiet. That doesn't happen. So don't expect that, and don't beat yourself up when that doesn't happen. And I think that's a lot of times when people get turned off to meditation because they go, I can't meditate. It's never quiet. I never hear anything. And so a lot of times when you're meditating, you may not hear anything at the time because as you know, prayer and treating is talking with source and meditating is listening and getting those responses. But you know, sometimes when you're meditating, you may not hear anything. But afterwards, you may hear something during the day. You may hear something the next day or that evening. You will hear. 
But again, as you begin to meditate more and more, you'll get, get more tuned to hearing during the meditation and hearing after the meditation or during the day, you'll hear. So you want to be able to do what the Bible calls peace, get to the peace understanding. I think we went off. There we go. From the spirit wrap itself around you so that you're able to. So spiritual peace is a contentedness that passes everything that you can think of. And it keeps you so that you're not worrying. People can say all kind of crazy things to you, and you're like, okay, it's all right. And so you want to get to that point. And that doorway is meditation. So every time that you resist meditation, remember that's your ego resisting. Your ego is a protective mechanism, and it's a good thing 99% of the time, but at times it decides to protect you when you don't need to be protected. So it'll tell you you don't need to meditate or you should get up when you're trying to meditate or you'll sit down and all of a sudden you'll pop up because your ego is resisting that change. The ego is fearful of change because it's different. That doesn't mean that what you're doing is negative. So you have to learn to retrain your thinking and retrain yourself. So, there are many techniques, as we said, to practice meditation. And so let me tell you what St. Francis said. He told his devotees, what is it that stands higher than words? And he taught them action. And then he said, what is it that stands higher than action? And he taught them the silence. So the silence is the highest form of what, where you can be and what you can get. So, so you use these practices that we talked about, and hopefully, one day or one moment, and it can happen in several moments, it can be all the time, let's pray that it's all the time, that you wake up and you are in this place where everything feels right. Your heart is calm and your soul is light and your vision is clear. You're at peace, at peace with where you've been, at peace where, with where you are, and at peace with where you're going. And so then you can just let it be. We let it wash over us. We let it make us kinder. We let it make us better. We let it be. We let it early in the morning. We let it hold us together. We let it now and forever. We let it be. We let the love wash over us. We let it, we let it be. We let the peace wash So wrapping this up, by becoming an instrument of peace, you are taking responsibility for your life. Your real and only work is not in trying to fix the world, but in expanding your consciousness by continually connecting to the creator and choosing to live in this loving, peaceful presence. We are healing and continuing to evolve and expand 
becoming all that we're meant to be. So now I release this truth giving thanks, knowing it's done for each and every one of us as we believe. And because I and you believe it's so, so it is. Thank you again for selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.